You are now tuned in to Poppy Chulo Radio, your web portal for the best in pop culture news and interviews. Hi, Poppy. The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. The views and opinions expressed in the commentaries and or interviews in the following program are solely those of the individuals and are not views of Poppy Chulo Radio, its parent, affiliate, or subsidiary companies. Welcome to Storybrooke. Because the first step to a new beginning is imagining that one is even possible. Welcome to Storybrooke Weekly Mirror in Hyperion Heights, the unofficial Once Upon a Time podcast, a poppychuloradio.com original series, Poppy Chulo Radio, pop culture on demand. Today is Monday, October 16th, 2017, and I am your host, Jeffrey Aruz. During this podcast, we're going to recap, review, and dissect the ABC series, Once Upon a Time. Please welcome my co-hosts, Jenna Pace. Hi! And Katie! Hi guys! So excited to be back again. Yes! (laughs) We're excited to have you back, Katie. Yay! All right, let's get into it. Let's jump into our recap of Season 7, Episode 2, which was titled A Pirate's Life and aired October 13th, 2017. Here's the official synopsis of the episode. When Henry finds himself in trouble, he calls upon his Storybrooke family for help, and together they set off on a mission to find Cinderella. Along the way, Hook is confronted by an unexpected foe who threatens the group's success. In Hyperion Heights, Jacinda searches for a way to see Lucy with some unwelcome assistance from Henry, while Victoria Belfry enlists the help of Rogers and Weaver to push Henry out of the neighborhood. Let's check in on the ratings for Season 7, Episode 2. The episode was viewed by 2.8 million total viewers, with a .7 in the demo rating. It dropped a few eyeballs in the total viewers, but it was steady in the demo, which, to be quite honest, is the most important thing. That's what advertisers look at. So... I want to get everyone's initial reaction to the episode. Let's start off with Jenna. Okay, well, I really love this episode. This was definitely one of the more hyped up episodes because, um, as we all know, it's Jennifer Morrison's last appearance. It's it's basically the wrap-up to her character, but at the same time, it also had to work in the new characters and tell their stories as well as explain what's going on with uh, Hook, because Hook's Emma's true love, and also explain how Emma's not in Hyperion Heights with Henry and Regina and Hook. And I think that this was a really clever way of solving everything. There weren't... I had 
little ish I had few to none ish to no issues with the time management of it. I think it was entertaining, emotional, and brought in so much intrigue going forward. So I'm very happy. And that's our show listeners. No, just kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna no. go next and I'm okay. going to say that there were some good things in the episode. There were some things that I had a couple of problems with. I will say the first time that I saw the episode, there were two things that I really hated about this episode. And I was like, Ugh, why'd they do that? Then upon rewatching it, I was actually a little bit more okay with what I saw. So I'll get into that as we get into uh, the discussion. And I will say this, though, I'm so glad that that stupid clone theory that was floating around the web was wrong. Because mm-hmm. that would have been really dumb. Praise God. Yes. Thank you. Whoever wrote that on Tumblr, you're an idiot. <laughs> it was so stupid and convoluted and stupid. Um, Katie, what about well, you? Well, I... I'm kind of in between both of you because I really, really enjoyed the episode because it was the last episode we got with Emma. But I had a few issues with the time management, unlike Jenna. Um, I kind of felt like it jumped around a little bit too much. Um, It was kind of choppy a little bit, but, I mean, it wasn't enough to distract me from everything. Um, You know, the show requires you to... to suspend a lot of disbelief. Um, and you definitely did have to do that with this episode, but I don't have an issue doing that myself. And so I really enjoyed it. I thought that they wrapped everything up well. They um, explained everything well. And I was very happy by the end of the episode with what we got and what we ended up with. So I'm, I'm excited to get into detail in a little bit. Hmm, that sounds interesting. We got spicy Katie tonight. I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. Before we get into a thorough recap of the latest episode of Once Upon a Time, here's our announcer with a few special announcements. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula radio podcasters discussing some of your favorite television shows. Visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts for a complete list of all the podcasts that we produce. You will get up-to-date information on whether the podcast is currently releasing new episodes or if it's on hiatus. You will also be able to click a link to either take you to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or the Poppy Chula Radio archives to download the podcast. To binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio podcasts, visit poppychularadio.com slash podcasts. Would you like to be one of the podcasters on this podcast discussing your favorite television show? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. We are always looking for new voices to add to our collection of podcasts. To become a co-host you must be at least 18 years old. You must be comfortable sharing your opinions. And you must be comfortable using Skype. There's no podcast experience required. So if you think you have what it takes to be a Poppy Chula Radio on-air personality, email talent at poppychularadio.com. We look forward to hearing from you. This is a Poppy Chula Radio special announcement. 
PoppyChuloRadio.com is currently looking to expand its web presence, and we're looking for your help. If you're a fan of Poppy Chulo Radio and its signature series, please visit GoFundMe.com slash PoppyChuloRadio and help us with our campaign. Every dollar amount donated will be improving the Poppy Chulo Radio experience and making it more interactive and user-friendly. We thank you in advance for your support. This has been a Poppy Chulo Radio special announcement. We now return you to our regularly scheduled programming. Thanks, announcer. All right, a quick shout-out to the opening title card, which featured, if you noticed, a swan in the forest-slash-Seattle area. Dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I kind of didn't notice that until after the episode and someone pointed it out. But I liked I liked how they did that. I saw it the first time and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, dun, 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 dun. All <laughs> right. So we're going to do what we've done in the past. We're going to focus on the past first. And later on, we will be discussing what's happening in Hyperion Heights in its entirety. So the past starts off way in the past, to be quite honest, because we've got either 18-year-old Henry or almost 18-year-old Henry doing a sword fight with Hook on the Jolly Roger. You know, it's training for Henry, and it looks like um, Henry has one-upped Hook, but Hook ends up, um, you know, one-upping him, and uh, Henry gets a little emo, and he's like, oh, I'm never going to get it right. But um, the whole point of this scene is to set up two things. Number one, that Emma and Hook are realizing that Henry needs to find his own story, that he's going to be leaving the nest very soon. And we also learn that Henry is possessing some magic that Hook has gifted him. Basically, it is a magic bottle that, um, sort of like a message in a bottle type of thing. You know, Henry can speak into the bottle whenever he's in distress, whenever he needs help, and then he throws it into some water, into the ocean or wherever, and it'll magically find the person that, um, he's summoning or calling upon to help him basically which i thought was really neat so i feel like we should pause here because this is the first time that we've seen emma this season and i'm sure both of you have something to say about it so what did y'all think of emma and her new wig katie oh why why guys I don't understand why they have such an issue with wigs in this show. They're not always that bad. I think the evil queen has some decent wigs. No, okay. I will say half half of their wigs are really good. And the other half, like, totally miss the mark. And I don't understand why. I don't know. I feel like... Oh, yeah, the Snow White wig. Yeah. I feel like her wig... Emma's wig in this episode on the boat was good. It looks fine. Maybe because the breeze was blowing it. But, like, the stuff we got later on was just really missing it for me. And it was very noticeable. And, uh, oh, well. 
I, I can look past it because she's my, my fave, so I look past it for her. <laughs> but regardless of the wig, I loved that little scene. It was really cute, and it was it was nice to flash back to the time when Henry was a little bit younger and Jared Gilmore was playing him, and um, we just got to see... A cute little familial scene on the um, on the Jolly Roger, and uh, I loved the little use of the message in a bottle. I think that's one of my more favorite magical objects that they've used so far. Um, so that was that was kind of neat. But I did really like her introduction back to this episode. Something that I liked that I read online that actually is uh, on our blog at poppychuloradio.com slash blog, we have a recapper, someone who's a fan of Once Upon a Time, and something that he said really stuck with me in his recap uh, slash review of episode two. It's the fact that, at least so far, they're using Jared Gilmore sparingly, but in particular, in like the opening scene to almost show us how... Henry has grown once we see him again in either the present or in the almost present in the near past in um, the magical forest. So it's kind of neat how they're using a short younger Henry scene to like set up what's going on or what what sort of like teasing what's to come in the episode at least so far in these first two episodes. Yeah, I agree. Um, that is a very good observation on his part because that that makes up a lot of that makes a lot of sense. Agreed. I agree. We have some really good people on our blog, Katie. Yes, yes, we do. Yes, Jenna. What about you? What did you think of the opening scene with younger Henry and Emma and Hook on the Jolly Roger? Okay, well, I love this scene. I was actually just coming to this conclusion. Um, so in, in the last episode, we saw Jared Gilmore's Henry saying goodbye to Regina. And in this, we get a very different way. Like, this is like this is just as much the goodbye for Emma as the last episode had the goodbye for Regina. Because this is, like, the important. Because this is where she realizes that it needs to happen. And it's, and that's, and that's a really important thing. Like, I don't know if Regina fully understood it until she had that goodbye. I think the conversation between... Henry and Regina conveys it like they didn't she didn't really understand what was happening until it was finally happening but for but like this is Emma's version of that moment and to see it happen sooner see it happen sooner it gives us a chance to have a unique spin it also it gives us chances to see a how much Henry's grown since um the season six finale um, to see how his relations with other characters have grown in the subtle ways, like specifically his relation with Hook. Um, and we see that, we see like how strong that family is. And it gives us the opportunity to introduce, as you said before, the magical device of the message in a bottle. And it's a really good, it's a very good scene because it pushes the story forward and gives us really good character moments at, at, out of the deal as well. I like it. Look at Jenna bringing it. Thank you. You're welcome. So we pick up years later. We're actually picking up, I would say, very close to where we left off last week 
in uh, the flashback to the magical forest. Henry is uh, being chased by Lady Tremaine and her guards. Who the hell knew Lady Tremaine had guards? But apparently she does. And so Henry is, is getting the prince's murder pinned on him. And uh, when uh, Tremaine and the guards end up catching him... Um, you know, Henry demands to know where Cinderella is. Lady Tremaine wants to know where the glass slipper is. And so Henry uses the bottle to send a message to Emma, Regina, and Hook that he is—he has been captured by Lady Tremaine. And so they take him as prisoner and they tie him down. Tremaine basically tells Drizella that if Henry doesn't give her any information, that she can kill him. I love how Henry tries to reason with her, like, you know, you're not as evil as her. Like, you seem really nice. Like, come on, let me let me go. Like, I know you want to do the right thing. And she's like, um, you don't know me. <laughs> and so... She's like, I will kill you. Yes. Henry's boyish charms don't work anymore. I know, right? And so she goes in with the dagger, but uh, she ends up getting interrupted by Hook and Regina. Hook ends up slicing and dicing the guards and Regina. I, I think um, Drizella says something like, who are you? And she's like, I'm his mama. And she ends up um, whooshing her against the wall. And so uh, Henry obviously reunites with Hook and Regina. He asks where Emma is and... Hook ends up saying something about, you know, Emma's fighting some baby dragons or something like that. And uh, Regina's like, you know, basically like, why did you lie to Henry about Emma? Why don't you tell him the truth? So let's pause right here. Let's break this down. What did you all think of the reunion? What did you think of uh, Lady Tremaine and Drizella and Henry? And... Uh, at this point in the episode, obviously without going into what we find out, but at this point, what did you think was going on? Because it was very suspicious the way Regina was like, you know, why didn't you tell him the truth? You know, why don't, you know, and this kind of thing. And it, it made it seem as if it was going to be something dire, in my opinion, because it was very mysterious and suspicious. So, uh, Jenna, why don't we start off with you? Okay, thank you. Um, so it's really cool that we got to see that a little bit more of a glimpse of Drizella and you see like she's not as nice as you think she is. And like, it, I'm, one of two thoughts is going into my head. The first is that she's really desperate to please her mother, kind of like, uh, like kind of like Zelina and Rumpelstiltskin. Or on the other hand, she's a lot more sadistic than we're thinking. And like, she's just all about this torture. Um... I really liked the Regina Hook reunion. It was really epic how Re Regina's line, I'm his mother. <laughs> it was just, it was funny and it was cool at the same time. With the uh, Hook lie, I have a lot of thoughts about that. First, I mean, I kind of saw a scene that was later, that was like, took place later in the episode that was revealed and it kind of made it pretty clear exactly what was, what, was going on with Emma. Um, also, when also with Hook's lie, am I the only one who was thinking about Lillian Maleficent with that lie? Like little dragons flying around. Maybe that has to do with Lily's father. Oh, I Lily! Didn't think about that, but hey. I... And then finally, I actually really didn't like the whole 
Regina Hook line thing. The just I didn't like the writing of it because I, I think it's because it made it sound too dire. It just feels really weird that that Re, that Regina was confronting him this big about it, especially because she knew Emma was going to come by a little bit later and give him the news. Well, I don't think she knew that Emma was going to come by, to be quite honest. I I felt like the writing for that moment was very clunky. Because I think they specifically Mm -hmm. wrote it in a way that would sort of catch our ears, and it would make us sort of question what was going on. But it was was a little too heavy-handed, and for what the reveal was, like, it just... If you go back and rewind that scene, it really doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Mm-hmm. What about you, Katie? Yeah, I mean, I already <laughs> I knew what the reveal was going to be already, so it wasn't like anything huge to me. Um, I would say if I didn't know, I would probably think that, you know, something major was going on. Yeah, to be quite honest, I'll be honest. Yeah. I I had seen the picture, so I knew that that was going to be revealed in the episode. I didn't think that that's what they were referring to at the time. So I was actually thinking, like, is Storybrooke destroyed or something like that? Because they made it seem so dire. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, you didn't tell him? Like, he should know. And I'm like, huh? What? Yeah, yeah. It was definitely an interesting choice of script. I know they were supposed to, you know, kind of lead the listeners into um, questioning the viewers. what is going on. The, the viewers, that's right. Yep. That's Maybe somebody, someone is out there is listening to it on the old-timey radio or something, Katie. Yeah, they could be. So I'm just yes. including them, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think that's probably why they... They went with that um, choice of script was to make it more mysterious than it actually needed to be. But um, it was a cute scene. I liked it. Was It's really funny to go from everyone in the Enchanted Forest where they're in like this dire situation and, you know, they all have... They all have these old-fashioned swords and <laughs> weapons and, you know, all these fancy dresses on. And then all of a sudden, Hook and his, like, black leather jacket and jeans and Regina and her suit kind of just like pop out of nowhere and they look like they don't fit in and they save the day and that's just kind of the beauty of Once Upon a Time is you have these two worlds that can collide so it just I don't you know flawlessly I don't know if that's the right word here but they can just collide and it makes sense within the context of the show and that's what makes it so fun so that was just it was a fun reunion and I I did enjoy it so, uh, the reunion turns into a reunion to help Henry out. Regina tries to use a locator spell on um, Cinderella's glass slipper to help find her, but her magic doesn't seem to work in this new realm. But uh, Hook smells salt water, and he's like, okay, there's pirates nearby, and if there's pirates nearby, you know, pirates seem to know everything, so they might know where Cinderella is. And um, initially, Regina's like, you know, Henry should go with you, but Hook is like, Henry is a wanted man in this realm, so maybe not. I will go. And so Hook ends up running into... 
Wish Realm Hook. Who I will now, from here on out, be calling Wish Hook to separate <laughs> them. So, um, you know, there's a very funny moment. The music changes whenever Wish Hook is around, which is fantastic. And, um, you know, basically, they talk about, you know, oh, so you know me, so you heard about me, all this kind of thing. And apparently, Wish Hook has been looking for Emma and this whole thing. And so, uh, Wish Hook ends up knocking out our hook and um oh well before i say that i should say remember the message in the bottle well the message in the bottle was sent to our hook but was also sent sent to wish hook as well because he is a captain hook and so that's how he knew where to be and so he ends up knocking uh, our hook out and he goes and makes a deal with lady tremaine apparently wish hook has some sort of history with lady tremaine it looked a little sexual <laughs> um he was all up in her grill and she was like come to me <laughs> jenna you didn't see that no, I saw it. I saw it. Okay, thank you. Katie must have watched the sanitized no, version. I did see it, but just the last She was basically cry. like, for a half a second, like, take me now. <laughs> and when she reached down and she pulled out the wand, I thought she was going to pull something else out. But. <laughs> anyway, so apparently, Wish Hook took some of our hook blood and so Lady Tremaine with the help of the uh, fairy godmother's wand ends up whooshing the blood and it ends up de-ageifying Wish Hook to make him look like our Hook. So I feel like I should pause here and we should break all this down. So were you surprised to see Wish Hook? Were you surprised that he has some sort of history with Lady Tremaine? Because she recognized him. And uh, were you surprised that Regina's magic wasn't working? Katie, we'll start off with you. Uh, I will be the first to say I was like shocked that they brought Wish Hook back. Because I feel like I had no idea that this was going to happen. Like there was no inclination that he was going to be back and you know it just all out of the blue it just happened and I mean I loved it because I loved that version of him just to see Colin play that version of him is so much fun he has a lot of fun with that um, character in particular and uh, I think it worked it was very interesting it was a little messy but, I mean, you suspend your disbelief and you can believe anything on the show. And that really works for the scenario. But um, I think it was interesting that he had a backstory with Lady Tremaine, obviously. Um, and I like how they brought up 
that Lady Tremaine, you know, she's not interested in using magic. She, it's just not her thing. But she does have this magical object that will allow her to do what he's requesting. And um, I just, I liked how that works because instead of, you know, having someone from the first six seasons who are always dealing with magic, we do have this character who does not. But she's not afraid to take a magical object and use it to her advantage. Um so that was that was very interesting. I liked I liked how they did that. Um, She's very hypocritical, so yeah. though, in my opinion, because she, she keeps on saying, "I don't like magic." You know, you can't use magic. You know, power is more important than magic. But yet, she's kind of always using She'll magic. She'll still use it. Yeah, I mean, it's just not her her like dependent thing. It's not yeah. her thing. It's you know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. Like she has a casual relationship with it, but she's really serious in her fear relationship. Yeah, she loves fear. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> pretty much. Just to boil it down, she yeah. loves fear. Lady fear. <laughs> exactly. You heard it here first, folks. The new ship. Lady Aww. fear. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, that's those are just my thoughts. So, yeah. I will say I was surprised that Regina's magic didn't work just because we're so used to seeing our heroes like hop realms and their magic always works. Mm-hmm. So that yeah. was a unique twist. The twist yeah, of uh, Wish Hook knowing Lady Tremaine, that was a unique twist as well. That was really interesting. That was unexpected, but I guess it makes sense in the sense that. If Wish Hook is exactly like our Hook, except, you know, I should say, let me rephrase that. He's exactly the same as our Hook up until the point of where Regina cast the curse. Mm-hmm. Then it would make sense because of, like, what we've seen of the Hook pre Regina's curse, like he traveled the seas, he hopped realms and all that kind of stuff. So that kind of made sense. You know, obviously he would still be curious about other realms and all that kind of stuff and getting into trouble Mm -hmm. in other realms. So that made sense that he somehow has found himself in Lady Tremaine's realm at some point. De-aging him? That was weird. Because of, like, the blood, and I'm like, couldn't you just, like, whoosh him without the blood? Like, I didn't really understand <laughs> that. Like, I hope, I doubt that they're going to explain it. All the time. Yeah, I doubt they're going to explain it, because we've never seen something like this happen before, but I wish that they would have explained it just a little bit. It really, because she's a they, novice, like, she has, like, no explanation about, like, how it worked. So I'm actually kind of curious as to how it worked, because for the most part, whenever we've seen spells and stuff, we get at least a little explanation of like what is going on and how it's working so unfortunately because she doesn't know anything about magic like she really couldn't even explain probably to us like what she did nope it just worked (laughs) well it could be because it's a magic wand as well maybe like and also the only person well Rumpel really uses it mostly, and he's the dark one, and Regina, I think, used it a time or two, but she's also really powerful. Yeah. She also didn't say bibbidi-bobbidi-boo, which made me sad. Aw. Maybe she'll say it as, like, a fun one-liner in a future episode. That would be lovely. Jenna, what about you? What did you think of Wish Hook? 
Okay, I was re I I didn't really think we were exactly gonna get Wish Hook, but I love it. I love how Colin plays this character so comedically. He Colin is so funny. Um, so that was great. I like the explanation. I like all the traveling he's done. I'm like, yeah, if Regina didn't cast a curse and then he ran to these circumstances, he probably would do all this stuff. Um I it's, it was really interesting seeing that he has this relationship with Lady Tremaine. And I'm just wondering, I mean, yeah, it's probably, it's like, it's something. They banged. Crazy. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm really won- wondering what it's going to be. Because obviously she didn't hate him enough to kill him. But it's like, they didn't end on great terms. It kind of reminded me in some ways of some of the more contentious Regina Rumple moments. Where it's like, they really don't like each other, but... It's like they're going to work together if the time calls for it. And speaking of Regina, Regina not having her magic, or not being able to use her magic, it's an interesting uh, thing that leads to later in the episode and definitely helps to create drama. And I like that it doesn't make... It, it, um, it makes things a little bit harder, so... So Henry... So the their journeys going forward are... Actually, yeah, going forward, Regina isn't going to have her magic. That's going to be that's going to be really cool going forward because yep, uh, they're none of them are going to have magic. Um, but anyways, yeah, it was a it's a cool idea to see this uh, to see the enchanted forest where magic isn't as strong. And the weird thing is, the one person who is using magic is somebody who doesn't even really care for it. Two, if you count Hook, who has said before he doesn't really care for magic for the most part. Yeah, that is very true. So, continuing on with uh, the Magical Forest. So, Henry and Regina are in a cabin. And Henry starts, like, asking her questions about what's going on in Storybrooke. And once he gets to, like, Emma, she, like, avoids that uh, question completely. And uh, so he's like, what about you? And um, she basically tells him that she misses him. And, um, you know, that, that uh, she, she misses him completely and all that kind of stuff. And so Wish Hook ends up joining them. And basically he's like, oh, I, you know, I found out about Cinderella. You know, she um, acquired passage on a pirate ship. She left this note for you. And she basically never wants to see you again. So let's go back to Storybrooke. And so when Henry walks off, Regina convinces Wishhook to like go console him. And Wishhook tries his best. Um, and, and, and even Henry's like, you know, what's going on with Emma? What's going on with Emma? And like, he was like blonde, ticklish, tall. And Emma arrives like, at the right moment, and, uh, she gives Henry the news that she's pregnant, and while she's sort of, like, sharing this joy with Henry, Wish Hook ends up, you know, basically turning pale face, and he runs off, and he's like, you know, I need to go and right a wrong that I did, and so he goes back to where our Hook is, and our hook 
attacks him. And uh, um, Wishhook ended up having a dagger that was going to um, free our hook. But in the scuffle, he ends up getting stabbed. And, uh, you know, our hook ends up questioning him, like, why do you look like me? What's going on? What were you trying to do? And so Wishhook basically tells him that he is searching for his daughter. His daughter was um, imprisoned by a witch, and he would sneak in and play chess with her. But uh, one day the witch found him, and uh, she ended up cursing his heart so that he would never find his daughter again. So Wishhook ended up basically spending all these years since he met Emma in the Wish Realm searching for him, Emma. Because basically he's like, you know, Emma can can help me. Emma can save me. Emma can cure me and help me find my daughter, basically. And so Emma ends up showing up and um, our hook ends up asking Emma to save Wish Hook. But Emma's magic isn't working in that realm either. But uh, she ends up telling Wishhook to, to believe, you know, just believe, believe that, um, you know, I can help you. And it works. Um, Emma ends up, I guess, conjuring up enough magic to heal Wishhook. And uh, as... Um, Henry and Emma and Regina and Hook appear to be ready to go. Henry's basically like, you know, I need to stay. I need to stay and I need to um, finish my story. And Emma basically gives him her blessing. Like, you should find your story. Just know that we're here for you. And whenever you're ready to come back home, you know, we'll be there for you. Wish Hook ends up staying um, because Emma basically is like, you know, you should team up and um emma's like you know it, it'd be great to have at least some version of killian looking out for henry and uh, regina ends up deciding to stay as well in order to find her happy ending in order to continue her story they've even named this operation next chapter and it seems like henry and regina are going to help wish hook find his daughter as well. And so we see Emma and our hook run through the portal and head back to Story Brook. So let's unpack everything. So let's talk about Wish Hook and our hook and Emma and Regina and Henry. So um, you know what? I'm going to start off. In the beginning, I had a problem with the idea of Wish Hook being the hook that sticks around. Mm. I did. I had a teeny tiny problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah. obviously, I like that Emma and Hook have their happy ending, their happy beginning. They're going mm -hmm. to build up their own family. I love all that. And I'm glad that that wasn't ruined by having our hook be in Hyperion Heights. Mm -hmm. 
but there's mm-hmm. a there's a teeny tiny part of me that feels like I now have no connection to Hook, and I don't know if I really care about his story, per se. And in particular, that's how I felt the first time that I watched this. I was like, am I invested in this Hook? Do I really care about this Hook? And uh, I will answer that, so this is like a tease, once we get into the Hyperion Heights of it all. So, bookmark that. Um, As far as everything else, I liked that Wishhook's belief in Emma, like, allowed her magic to come back, or at least her magic to appear briefly in this realm. So I wonder if that's going to be something that they're going to use in the future with Regina. Hmm. Mm. I will say, I love me some Hook, but there's a teeny tiny part of the OG Captain Hook that always pisses me the fuck off. And it's like the pissed off Hook. Like when he didn't even let Wish Hook explain what he was doing. And he was like, what are you doing? And he gets all pissy and in his face and like ends up stabbing him. He's basically like, yeah, that's what you get. You get to be stabbed. I was like, that's the part of Hook that I hate so much. And he does it all the time. And to be quite honest, I'm glad that we might not ever have to see that again. Because we're, we have a new Hook. We have the Wish Hook, who seems to be a little bit more chill. So that's something that I'm not going to miss at all. I, I'm sure that there are a lot of people out there that like that about Hook. That it, you know they'll say he's passionate and... Uh, whatever whatever but that's a character trait that i have hated like he'll immediately snap into like a like a pissed off sob you know and it just it annoys the living daylights out of me so um i hate that they had to put that in the scene but um if it's the last time i have to see it then i'm fine with it to be quite honest <laughs> and uh, i do like that regina stayed I like that Wishhook stayed. Um, that's going to be really interesting, that trio. I think it's weird how portals have changed on Once Upon a Time. Because, like, for like the first five seasons, you had to jump down into the portal. Now, all of a sudden, you're running through the portal. Before, they used to look like a spinning vortex. And now, they look like the Doctor Strange slash Ghost Rider from Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. thing. And it's... Yes, that's what, it's from, that's what it looked like to me, because I knew it was familiar, and I could not figure out what I had seen it in that it reminded me of. It's so yeah. weird and confusing, and it, I just, for continuity's sake, it just bugs me. I'm like, why are they looking like that now? Is it because this is a new realm and magic works different here? Well, when Henry threw it in Storybrooke, it was like that. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah. So it's I wouldn't have minded Maybe that. Maybe the entrance to this land. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll go with that. Why not? <laughs> Magic. Magic. So is the answer. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, and uh, just to reiterate, I do like that Emma had her happy ending. 
I feel like everyone was worried about, is Emma going to keep her happy ending, her happy beginning? And it was nice that it worked out for her, and I liked what we saw as far as Emma. If this is the last time that we are going to see Emma, I'm cool with it. Although, whenever the series ends up getting cancelled, I do hope that she and a couple of other people that have been on the series, in the series, from the beginning, do return for like a cameo or something, because that would mm-hmm. just feel Agreed. very I much agree. full circle. So hopefully that happens. So maybe this is the last of Emma that we'll see for now until the series finale. And if it is, mm-hmm. I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm cool with it. You know, they're off making babies and birthing babies. So it, it's all, <laughs> it's cool. Wow. Katie. How eloquent. I know. Katie, I know you love you some Emma. So break it down for me. Oh, uh, well, okay. So I knew that she was going to be pregnant for a very long time. Ooh. And so oh. I have known for a really, really long time. Katie knows the scoop, y'all. I know yeah. the scoop. I know the hat. She didn't tell me. <laughs> See, I'm good at keeping secrets. But, um, I, just seeing it play out on screen was so beautiful. It was everything that I've always wanted for Emma. And I think it really helped show how her character has come full circle. Um, I mean, you know, one of her, the earliest memories we have of Emma or one of the earliest flashbacks we have of Emma is her giving birth to Henry and mm-hmm. not even looking at him, not even, yeah, not even holding him, not even looking at him uh, and having him be taken away or choosing to have him taken away so he can have a better life. So to see her finally happy to be pregnant um, and have somebody to go through this with her so she's not alone going through this whole thing is it just beautiful for her character and the development that she's gone through and um it's everything i always wanted and i'm sitting here every day scouring the internet for fanfic that carry carry it on into the future (laughs) (laughs) so i'm i'm with you when i say i really hope that someday we do get even just a tiny cameo of them um but beyond that whole announcement i was i was i will admit at first when the whole when I found out about the whole wish that wish hook thing being Rogers, I was kind of taken aback a little bit um, because I didn't expect it at all. Um, I'm, ha- I'm overall I am happy that it turned out the way that it did, so that Emma is happy with Hook in Storybrooke, and they're not separated. For once, she has something good happening in her life where her um, significant other isn't being taken away from her or dead and she has to go through this alone. Um, so I'm happy that for her sake that this is the way that it is. Um, and I, I'm kind of excited that we get to explore a little, a different, a different Killian. I'm kind of excited that we get to see what Colin is going to bring to the table with this new version of the character. It's very confusing to think about, but, um, I'm excited. I think it's going to be interesting. Um, I definitely do need more episodes to become more connected with him. Um, But, you know, I can't judge that now. So we'll see. We'll see what happens in the future. But I think it's very interesting that 
this version does have a daughter. Like, that's very intriguing to me that, um, you know, it's not just some guy who's out there looking for Emma. He mm-hmm. actually has a daughter, and um, he's looking to find her. So that's very interesting to me. Yes. Um, we will be giving our predictions on who the daughter is uh, in a moment after Jenna breaks it down. Okay, because I'm ready. Oh. <laughs> uh, but anyways, just to end it, I like... I like how Regina and um, this hook decide to stay um, because, you know, Regina really, you know, she did kind of find her happy ending in Storybrooke, but there's more out there for her. Um, And being with her son has always been the thing that drives her character and being able to be with Henry. So knowing that she's actually going to physically be able to be there for him and to be with him is, I don't know, it's just, it's very beautiful and it makes me very happy because when you think of Regina, you think of Henry. And so having them together again is a really great thing. And I love this new trio of the wish hook Rogers, um, Regina and Henry. So I'm really excited to see what the future holds for them, both in the magical realm and in um, Hyperion Heights. Jenna. Okay, um, so I'm first going to examine the scene with uh, with um, Emma, Hook, and Wishhook. I like how this, I feel like this has been a big full circle thing for her character because she's she's received belief and now she's passing it on. And that's kind of like really what she does as the savior. She inspires belief. She inspires these little ripples. She inspires changes in Mary Margaret who inspires Cher changes in Leroy and and there's ripples and sometimes she'll do it directly and this is one of those and like she, um, you see it she passes on her belief through Hook who passes it on to Wish Hook and that and there's just this circle of her being the one who pushes who who shows belief and shows the power of faith and it's just really awesome. It was just a very emotionally satisfying moment. Um, onto the onto the Captain Cobra Swan Queen goodbyes. I like how at the beginning of the episode and like the beginning of this episode and the last episode, it was kind of clear that this was at least initially for the whole group as a temporary visit to help Henry. They've emphasized a lot how this is Henry's own story, how he doesn't how, like, he needs to move on past the grown-ups. But they also kind of showed the nuance of why Regina... Why it was okay for Regina to go with them, but not really with, not really with Emma and our hook. Like, Regina had... Like, Regina, while she has relative happiness, as Katie said, there's more out there for her. And Henry... And Henry sees that, and he, and he wants her by his side... So that they can best find it. And it's really cool seeing Henry and the Wishhook team up. Like, you can see, like, those little bits of Captain Cobra already emerging. And I'm really excited to see what, like, how how um, the Cap- Captain Wish Cobra is going to differ from the Captain Cobra that we've known over the five seasons before. Um... Also, the Regal Believer scene was just so sweet. And I just love how you really still feel that mother-son relationship, even with a new actor. 
both with Regal Believer and Swan Believer with Emma and Henry. Like I'm not gonna lie, I know some of the ship names, but like you know all of oh. the ship names. I'll be I'm honest, sorry. I have never heard of Captain Cobra, oh, and I have yeah. never heard of Regal popular. Believers yeah. or wow, Swan Believers. Yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah, I'll get I'm not that I'm not that deep in the Tumblr oh, world. Okay. I'll, do, I'll do better to break it down. Um, Captain no, Cobra. I mean obviously I understand it, but I I just have never heard of these before. Like I had never heard of uh, Mila's militia, and I still believe that's crap. But anyway, Wait, what is uh, sorry, that? are you a Mila militia person? What What is that? These are fans of Mila. Oh yeah, actually like, I'm a fan of Mila. So oh, you stand with it. Mila. <laughs> I'm a what can I say? I'm a Mila fan. Um, but, but we can have a co that conversation another time. Because yes. Be fun. You can keep Mila to yourself, to be quite honest. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was really sweet. Um, and you and I like how um, with Wish Hook, I've, you see those bits of Killian. Even before the scene where, even before the Emma Hook Wish Hook scene, like just with that just with the father something like that was um, that was Killian's turning point in season two, and now it's kind of Wishhook's turning point too. Because like uh, Emma's speech back in season two to Hook to try to get him to help them out, it didn't work. But when he saw the wheel, when he saw that, when he remembered that connection to Balefire, it kind of like made him think of the man that he wanted to be, and that's kind of another thing like. Emma, Emma indirectly bringing belief there, but also children, and we get and we get that again with the with just hearing that this Emma and this Hook are going to have a child, and that inspires um, Wish Hook to to save our Hook. So yeah, that was just cute, and the goodbyes were really nice and sweet. Um, I kind of wish to some extent that we could have seen. Lana and Jen interact because I feel like just like to hear like a take care of him for me from what I understand from filming spoilers they were never filming together and that's kind of tragic tragic because that was a really important relationship on the show yeah and that is true and to only see like a nod to give it closure there that was just a little on the sad side from what I read Jen only had I think two days to film yeah, yeah, she and, today. yeah, so that's why she really wasn't that featured in the episode compared to, from my understanding, like Emily Duravin. Like, I think she was there every single day the episode filmed. I heard. So yeah. that means that I guess we're going to be seeing a lot of Belle in episode four. So, be I mean, you know, unfortunately, you know scheduling and that kind of thing sometimes does get in the way of story on occasion and uh it would have been nice to have seen some sort of at least like a teeny tiny regina emma scene especially because of like their rich history even if it's like as you mentioned jenna just like saying you know take care of our boy or something like that we see like we see like they kind of edited together a nod which i think which works well and I, and I think, honestly, a lot of compassion has to be employed here for the writing staff. Like, again, because there are so many circumstances. Um, they were only able to get Jen for one episode, um, and we weren't able to get Lana and Jen filming at the same time. So I really try I really try to employ a lot of compassion when I think about that. 
So, yeah. Even, like, had it been, like, our hook going to Hyperion Heights and there would have only been, like, an off-screen reunion, I always felt that, like, that compassion's needed for needed for the writing staff because it's not an easy thing they have to do, and I think they're doing a pretty good job with the... With, with the tools they're given, uh, metaphorically speaking, of course, I don't consider Jennifer Morrison to be a tool. Oh. <laughs> I'm glad. Yep. Yes. Uh, that, uh, so yeah, that basically wraps up my thoughts on the, uh, on the Wish Realm. Oh, wait, wait, actually, I have one more, and it's a little on the negative side. Um, <gasps> the, clunk, oh, no. the, the clunky dialogue kind of comes back here. Um, I think... It's kind of been, in the fandom at least, it's kind of been a, a controversial line with Killian wanted me to rest. And I, I, think, the lo- I think that the intention isn't, isn't bad or ill at all, but it, the way that it, just the way that's written is just really clunky. I, it doesn't get rid of all the good of that scene, but it is a, it's just awkward and... I can kind of see where people would have problems with that dialogue. Oh, I didn't even notice that, nor did I read about that online. What I did read about online is the fact that, uh, oh my god, Emma is abandoning Henry yet again. What kind of mother does that? Uh, Don't you hate fandom? I'm like, really people like, I'm like, first of all, he's a grown ass man. He can do whatever the F-U-C-K he wants. (laughs) <laughs> and he looks excited. Yeah. So stupid. Oh, come on. Oh. Some people need to get a life. Get your life. Together, please. Yes. <laughs> okay. So here's the big question. Who the hell is Wishhook's daughter? Now we got a couple of clues. We know that she was imprisoned. By a witch. We also know that they played chess. And, uh... I'll be honest, I don't play chess. But I believe he has her rook, and she has his knight? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got that right. There you go, see? I'm smart, sort of. So, I'm sure we have theories. And I believe... If I have, like, read your minds, <laughs> that there are two options. Number one, Rapunzel. And number two, bum bum bum, Alice? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Basically. Rapunzel is a guest star and Alice is series regular? Yes? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, who do we think it is? Well, I... Okay, so I've heard a rumor that it is Alice. Um, which to me makes more sense in the just in the fact that she is a recurring character. Oh, she's recurring. A, what? Is Alice recurring or series regular? Recurring. I'm pretty sure she's recurring. Oh, she's recurring. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, because I said recurring. series regular and you said yes. Oh, whoops, I must have heard wrong. Okay. But, yeah, yeah. So, I really think it it probably is Alice. The clues, honestly, the whole witch, the fact that he says that the witch locked her in a tower, that directly leads to Rapunzel. But 
my first thought was that is that a red herring? Yes, exactly. Is that a major red herring? Like, because that seems too easy. So, I don't know, man. What's going to be interesting to see is if they don't ever share a scene together in Hyperion Heights, then it 100% Mm -hmm. is Alice. Because the curse is that he can never find her. So if he can never find her, even in Hyperion Heights, they can't be near each other, per se. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And I think we're all going to assume that the witch that imprisoned her is this, the witch character. Yeah. Yeah. 100%, okay. yeah. Undeniably. So she so, might have imprisoned... Maybe she likes imprisoning people. So she might have imprisoned she Rapunzel. Does. She imprisoned Alice. In some way, shape, or form, she escaped and traveled the realms. She also might be a dark one. According to me. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's very curious. I think... Curious and My curiouser. prediction is going... Yeah, exactly. My prediction is going to be Alice. Gosh, all these parents with grown-ass children. (laughs) No, I know. I'm also on Team Alice, too, because um, I've read that um, Alice is going to have relationships with both um, Weaver and Rogers. Also, um, also, there's apparently um, a theory based off the recent Alice in Wonderland movie, Through the Looking Glass, that Alice was doing some stuff with chess. So, perhaps, so... That's a possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Hm. Interesting. Okay. I like it. So let's go through the looking glass and let's land in Hyperion Heights. And I think this will actually be very easy to break down because the story in Hyperion Heights was actually very simple compared to whatever the hell that was in the Magical Forest. <laughs> That was a little more convoluted, in a good way, but it yeah. was it was yeah, all it was over the place. To be quite honest, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so in Hyperion Heights, Henry ends up having a meeting with Rogers, and Rogers wants to know, like, tell me about this woman in the book. And Henry's basically like, you know, I I made her up. You know, uh, I liked swans. That's how I picked her name, and yada, yada, yada. Um, To continue on this thread, because, you know, I feel like everything else uh, is sort of separate from this, in in a sense, but but related, but um, I kind of want to ask you about this in particular, because of what we discussed, what we just discussed in the Magical Forest. So later on in the episode, Rogers ends up opening up to Henry, and he's like, you know, for the longest, uh, I have this case that's been haunting me. It's the case of a missing girl. And at some point, I had this lead, and I was in an alley, and I end up getting shot. And I'm alone in the alley, but this woman appeared out of nowhere. And, um, you know, she put her hand on my chest and told me to believe that everything was going to be all right. And she stayed with me until the ambulance came and uh, the woman 
that he saw is this blonde woman in Henry's book. And uh, he also mentioned that ever since then, you know, he's been wanting to, um, you know, solve this case. But apparently there are forces out there that are stopping him. So I'm going to pause right here because we're going to get into that whole conversation uh, a little bit later. But focusing on Rogers and the blonde woman in the book, what did you all think about that and how that paralleled Wish Hook's life. I thought they did a really great job with that. Katie? It was very intriguing. Um, I, you know, we've been hearing so much about this case that he was going to be on and this case that's haunting him. And I really like the way that they set it up. Um, it, it really did parallel um, Wish Hook's story. And it did it seamlessly, and it just got me very intrigued to see what is going to happen. I agree. They synced it up perfectly, and they made what happened in the magical forest. And they took a very magical encounter, and they made it very real. And uh, kudos to the writers, because I think they did a beautiful job with it and i believe you actually posted a gift set over the weekend uh, katie that sort of showed uh, what was happening in the magical realm and um it, it also showed wish hook telling henry about it and i mean like putting it together like it was just it's beautiful to be mm -hmm. quite honest yeah 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 jenna what about you okay um so uh, it kind of reminds me of what you were saying about taking these magical scenarios and making them real. It kind of makes me think of episode four of the first season um, with uh, Emma and Cinderella and kind of like how you see the tale of you see that tale of Cinderella and it's kind of adapted into a modern world where you see the where you see like a similar situation to what happened in the Enchanted Forest. But again, they kind of they took a more realistic term with it, like making her by making Ashley the maid and giving her that the stepmother and the stepsisters and giving her the pregnancy that similar to how, what she had in the Enchanted Forest. And I like when they're able to do that. I like how they how they make those I like when they make those connections and make them make sense in both worlds like People can people will have these strong relationships or senses or feelings towards something, and have them hold on to it even in the other world. Snow with uh, Charming's ring, um, uh, Marco and Marco and Archie's friendship, and yeah, they keep those. It's like those feelings. They're still they're latent, but they're still present. And it sometimes translates out to stories as well. I like it. Oh, Geppetto. Mm -hmm. My first crack ship. Oh, back gosh. when crack ships... Wait, back what? when crack <laughs> ships didn't even exist. Like, I invented <laughs> crack ships here on Storybook Weekly Mirror. <sighs> Wait, what was, the, what was the other half of that ship? I'm hearing Geppetto. What's the other half? Katie. You don't want to hear. Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> It was Emma, and it was called Empedo. <laughs> what the fuck? 
Yes, there's a meme about it that I forced Katie to post. Uh, I my crack ships were ridiculous. I'm writing a Golden Hook fanfiction, and I'm... Okay, I thought I've heard of them all, but okay. No, I, I made a meme of it that Katie posts on occasion when I force her to. And yeah, basically, it's a meme of Emma from the pilot when she's in her jail cell and Marco is there, and uh, it says love at first sight. <laughs> <sighs> if I find it, I will send it to you, Jenna. Thank you! Oh my god! Pedo. Yes, it's true love. Okay, <laughs> I buy it. Yeah, well, I also no. had some different ones. I had, um... Follow this. I had Granny Hood. <laughs> Because they have a shared love for crossbows. Oh, Granny Hood. For a second, I thought you, you meant like Little Red Riding Hood. I'm like, okay, I can't no, really follow that. No, Robin Hood. Granny okay, Hood. I, I, know, I realized that later. But then I also had Grand Pedo. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I used to say that um, she loves his wood and, and he loves her meatloaf. Oh my god. Uh, you know what? Because while we're making these jokes, I thought of a really good one for uh, Lady Tremaine and Old Hook. Lady Tremaine gives him a gives him a booty call every now and then. Oh, I like it. Katie didn't uh. get it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I like it. I approve of that. There was at one point <laughs> I didn't make this one up. I found it on Tumblr. When whenever you know I do get on Tumblr, I always find a gem. And this one was really good. It was called... You know which one it is, right, Katie? Yes. Grumplestiltskin? Yes. Oh. Yay. Grumpy and Rumpelstiltskin, because they um, both hate everything. So <laughs> their their mutual hatred forced them to fall in love. Not even the weirdest Rumpelstiltskin ship, if you can believe it. Oh, I've okay. Heard, I've heard that... Golden Cricket's a pretty popular ship. Yes, it is. Oh, I've never heard of that one. Yeah. Yeah, there's some weird stuff out there, man. I agree. But, okay. <laughs> Continuing on in Hyperion Heights. Let's escape from the internet. For now. Yes. So, uh, Victoria is uh, making Jacinda's life hell. She's uh, making sure that Jacinda doesn't get the chance to see Lucy at a ballet recital by basically turning the ballet recital into like a charity event with a um, large ticket price. And so Jacinda cannot afford it. She's kind of a bitch. She's fucking family. Like she should be able to see it for free. Anyway, um, that's just my <laughs> side note. Um, <laughs> Henry, like, ends up apologizing to Jacinda, but Jacinda's basically like, ain't nobody got time for that. Like, you ruined my life, and I'm thinking about my daughter right now, so you can save your apologies. And so, uh, later on, Sabine ends up helping Jacinda land a job at the recital, you know, in the as a caterer, basically. And uh, they end up finding out that it was Henry who's working there. He ended up convincing the... Um, the What do you call it? The um, caterer. There you go. I just said the word. And it slipped out of my mind. He ended up convincing the caterer that, that 
he might need another bartender, and um, he ended up giving Henry the um, the the responsibility of uh, hiring some more um, wait staff, basically. And so that's how they ended up getting the job. And so uh, Lucy ends up performing and whatnot. And and while all that is going on, Victoria tasks Weaver and Rogers to get rid of her problem, Henry. And so uh, Weaver ends up visiting Ronnie's, but Ronnie is not giving them any information. And uh, Ronnie ends up warning Rogers, you know, be careful. You know, I don't know if you've noticed, but Weaver ends up having all these partners and they end up disappearing, basically. So you need to choose uh, what's right for you, basically. So uh, they end up breaking into Henry's apartment to find dirt on him. And they don't really find anything, although Weaver does seem to deduce that Henry had a daughter, and uh, that makes Henry vulnerable because it's a secret or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And so, uh, as they leave, Rogers notices the swan keychain and ends up taking it. So, while the recital's going on, the trio, the evil trio, at least at this point in time, a.k.a. Victoria, Hook, or I should say Rogers, Victoria, Rogers, and um, Weaver end up deciding that they're going to frame Henry by placing Victoria's bracelet into his pocket, and then, you know, it's going to expose Henry, and I really don't understand the plan, to be quite honest. Um, It's very (laughs) Titanic-esque. Yes. They do the same thing. And so, it seems as if Rogers plants the bracelet on Henry, the recital's over, in probably the most stupid and ridiculous way possible. Weaver's like, everybody stop, everybody stop. Miss Belfry is missing her bracelet. I'm like, the lady just went up there. I know, the lady just went up (laughs) there to thank everybody. So like, when the hell did she give you, like, When did she have the time to tell you that her bracelet's missing? Let alone (laughs) notice that her bracelet is missing. But anyway, so he's like, we are going to have to search everybody. But you pretty people, you know, sitting down, we're not going to search you. We're going to search the waitstaff. And so Jacinda is obviously very offended. And she's like, you're going to search us, but you're not going to search them. And um, Weaver gets all up in her grill, which annoys Henry, so he approaches Weaver from behind. That sounded a little dirtier than it was supposed to. <laughs> and um father and grandson. I know, and Weaver ends up um what do you call it? Elbowing Henry in the face, and then he's like, Oh, we're gonna check your pockets, check his pockets. And so he ends up emptying his pockets, and uh, in his pocket is uh, not Victoria's bracelet, but his swan keychain. And so, uh, later on, um, Weaver stops Rogers from basically getting rid of Victoria's bracelet, and um, basically Rogers is like, you know, I'm not going to help anyone that's trying to separate um that that would involve someone who is separated from his child, basically, you know, because he felt for Henry knowing that 
he might have a daughter out there or whatever. And so, you know, it, it leads back into Rogers and like the missing child case that, um, that, that is out there for him. And so Weaver ends up in a weird twist and ended up basically telling Rogers that he did the right thing and he's happy that he did the right thing. And, uh, Later on, Weaver heads on over to Victoria's, and um, Victoria's disappointed, but Weaver's basically like, you know what, at some point, our um, paths were kind of joining, and I was kind of going along with what you were doing, but you don't own me, and uh, I'm my own man, and basically, I'm going to do what the hell I want to do. And so, over at Ronnie's, Jacinda ends up forgiving Henry, and, uh, you know, she sort of blames her hesitance on allowing Henry to help her on the fact that Lucy thinks that she's Cinderella, and um, she doesn't need a prince to come in and swoop her up and save the day and that kind of thing. And then later on, Rogers joins Henry and Ronnie and basically tells them that we all share a common enemy and he feels that the person that's responsible for um, basically this missing child case from it being solved is Belfry and obviously he's like you know you have your run-in with Belfry you also have your run-in with Belfry you know our common enemy is Belfry and we need to find a way to take her down like you Ronnie you know the people in this town, you know what's going on in the neighborhood. I can do some digging now that I'm detective and I have um, access to files that I didn't have access to before. And you, Henry, can get the word out by writing what we find. And so uh, there's like this really nice um, line of like, you know, sounds like there's a, a book's worth of uh, information here. And um, Rogers is like two books worth. So, um, it seems as if Rogers, Henry, and Ronnie are going to join forces to take down Belfry. Earlier in the episode, there was a neat little scene in which Rogers, like, really put two and two together that uh, Belfry was basically running the town. And so, this sort of, like, came back at the end with uh, him realizing that uh, Belfry is the common enemy. So, let's talk about it all. Let's talk about the uh, recital. We can talk about Jacinda and Sabine. We can talk about our trio reuniting in Hyperion Heights. We can talk about Weaver. Whatever you want to talk about. Let's start off with Jenna. Okay. Wow, I have so much to unpack here. So, um, so first, I wonder what the hell is going on with Weaver and Rumpel. Because... I mean, I know some of some. I think last week some of us were like wondering, is he cursed or not? And now it's it's still just as ambiguous because first he's work he's willingly working with Hook, but at the same time, Rumple's um, Weaver's treating um, Rogers like garbage by making him drive and pay for his drinks and stuff. But then again, that's also Rumple because he treats most people poorly. I can't imagine Weaver's meant all that different, especially after the little head dunk that he gave you in the last episode. So, yeah, I, Weaver, Weaver's got some grand plan going on, and I'm really excited to see that work out, and it's, again, cool to see how the, how their partnership is developing, like, 
uh, we originally were thinking like, oh, what if Weaver's trying to corrupt Huck last episode? Um, last episode, but now it's like, no, he doesn't want to corrupt Huck. He's kind of hoping that he's kind of hoping that Huck would have that moral code. So, yeah, Weaver. I'm confused by Weaver. Like the first time that I saw this episode, mm-hmm. um, the first time that I watched it, I was like, I'm not going to be invested in Rogers or Weaver because a Rogers isn't our hook. He's wish hook. And B it seemed as if Weaver was just going to be a sort of rehash of Mr. Gold. And Mr. Gold was never really my favorite version of Rumple. Like I enjoy Rumple Stiltskin, especially flashback Rumpelstiltskin, because he's fun. Mr. Gold was always annoying to me. And I was like, oh, we're going to see Gold all over again, especially with that scene from the previous episode that was very reminiscent of the scene that you were talking about last time, Jenna, in which um, Rumpel and, and Mo French and that kind of thing. And so... Once I rewatched this episode and like I heard his conversation again where he was like, oh, I like that you have a moral code. I ended up buying it a little bit more the second time, but I'm still confused as to what Weaver is. My hope is, I truly hope that he is not awake, that he 100% this time around is cursed. I hope so too. Because I don't like that he Mm -hmm. punched Henry. Like that's your grandson. And so if you're not cursed and you're just playing around, I would still hope that you would have the mental right and wrongness to know that you should not do that to your grandson. So I... He did knock Henry unconscious in New York and left him but alone. But I know that, and but you're going way back in time. This is supposedly after, um, I was about to say Hook. This is supposedly after Rumpel got that redemption in the uh, season six finale where supposedly he is very different. He's going to dinner with the family, blah, 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 blah. He's been accepted, yada, yada, yada. So in my mind he stayed on the path of goodness. And Mm -hmm. so seeing him do that, my hope is that he is cursed because my hope is that as Rumpelstiltskin, he's more good than he is bad. You know, he's definitely on the side of the heroes per se. So... Basically, I'm saying I hope that he really is cursed, and I hope that we see a different version of uh, Rumple because I was very worried last time that we were just going to get some sort of uh, twisted rehash of Mr. Gold. And if he's telling the truth, then maybe we might see a, a more heroic Rumple, you know, a heroic Weaver, like maybe. He uses some sort of dirty tactics for good, though, I guess, would be the only thing that I could think of. I mean, it depends on who this person is that he was dunking. Like, if he was, like, a really nefarious character, then I can sort of understand him, like, going into the gray and doing something like that for the greater good. I just hope... 
that he's more good than bad because I'm really kind of tired of seeing twisted and torn Rumpelstiltskin. I getcha. Um, so uh, continuing on, who would charge five fifty for a ballet recital, and who would pay five fifty for a ballet recital? The rich people of Hyperion uh, Heights. Parent in Seattle with a kid in ballet. It's just like I feel like five. five Somebody else, I'd be like, I'm sorry, what were you saying? Not say, Katie. No, I was literally like, I was like five fifty. Are you kidding me? I, I, Who, I, I love my kid, but I'd be like, I, I, I'll do, I'll, I'll go see your next recital. You can do a private recital for me at home. I'm not paying. I know so much money. I mean, that just like totally flabbergasted me. I was like. Who in the right mind would even pay that? Like that? There were a lot of people wow. there. I know. I, I guess they there were rich people, with me, with man. Still, uh, <laughs> Lucy looked. <laughs> Lucy looked so adorable in her little ballet dress. Just, was that aw. Swan Lake? Yes. Yes. Also, she was really so cute. Oh, <laughs> and like that scene where Jacinda looks at her for the first time when she was in the recital. Oh, she's so adorable. She's such My a proud feels. mama. Mm-hmm. Henry so cute. Took, Henry took an elbow to the face for Jacinda, so that is how you true love. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, so I really do love the power trio of Ronnie, Rogers, and Henry, and now I kind of really wish Henry had an R name in there to um, see that. And I wonder how long is it going to take for Belfry or even Weaver to uh, figure out what's going to what's going on with this team up, and if if Weaver finds out how he, is how is he going to react to it? My hope is that he reacts positively. I th- I hope so too. Especially, again, because I really like these two working together in a more positive way, where it's like, it's a, a weird kind of buddy cop with a little bit of antagonism, but there's also, like, you don't have that 300 years of hatred. You just have this, yeah, we yeah we are, are very dynamically different, but and, we, and because of that, we're going to fight a lot, but other than that, I don't see a reason to hate you. So I feel like again that's gonna, as I said before, that's gonna shake things up and how they work together. And when you combine the, the strengths of their personalities, you could get something very interesting. And I just can't wait to see what happens when the curse inevitably breaks after however long they've been working together since the curse began and stopped. What their reaction's gonna be, especially because this is a different hook. Yeah. 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 It's gonna be interesting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'll end things off with um, Sabine is the ultimate wing woman. I love Sabine. I don't know if y'all caught it, but she was like, I'm going to hop or I got (laughs) to hop or something. I was like, the little lines, you know, all about Princess and the Frog, like kill me in a good way. Like, I just, I love it. They're like teeny tiny and you really have to listen for them. But they're perfect. The frog legs last week. The I gotta hop this week. It's just awesome. And I love her. She's just so good. Like we, we've only mm-hmm. gotten like little teeny tiny bits of her. But I love her um, her very aware persona. Because like when she just like straight up to like a freaking stranger. A.K.A. Henry. And was mm-hmm. like are you in love with her? I was like, I love you for saying that. 
because that was just fantastic. I loved her. And then when, like earlier when she was like, oh, this is Henry? I was like, okay, well, I'm going to leave y'all and, you know, I'll see you later. <laughs> I like it how it, it feels like we're getting more and more build up to um, when her episode comes out. So it's just, it, it's cool. You see like little bursts of suspense and every extra bit that we get just gets me that much more excited especially because we had so much more screen time we get to see her and Henry her and Jacinda being a very supportive friend so yay I like it Katie what about you I agree with like a lot of what Jenna was saying um I loved Sabine, you know, the little lines that they give her. And, and I, I agree with what Jenna was saying about how they're giving us nice tastes of her in each episode that are making us more and more curious to see what her backstory is going to be when we finally get to that episode. It's kind of similar to when we had, like, Red in the first season where we would get you know, tastes of her in each episode and then finally we got her backstory episode and that was, you know, just kind of blew us all out of the water. Um, and it, it still remains one of my favorite backstory episodes to this day. So I'm hoping that we kind of get a similar effect with Sabine slash Tiana herself. Um, Weaver, we kind of talked over him a lot, but he's very interesting to me. Um, I, too, kind of hope that he is cursed as well, just because it would be a different take on season one Rumple, where he was actually awake the whole time. So I'm kind of hoping that he is cursed, and we get to see how that plays out for his character in particular, um, as opposed to what he played in the first season. Um, I love the trio, and I kind of mentioned this before, of Ronnie Rogers and Henry. Um, That ending scene with them at Ronnie's bar was super, you know, it was super cool. And it just, it solidified in my mind that I'm really excited to see more of their team ups together and what they're going to bring to the show, both as a team and individually. Um, Yeah, the ballet recital was adorable. Lucy is so cute. And you can tell Jacinda just really wants to be supportive of her daughter and to be there for her daughter no matter what it takes. And I kind of like how they they got onto this waiting, um, wait, waitressing team, I guess you can say, to make sure it was possible for her to be there for her daughter's recital without having to pay a ridiculous amount of money to see her um, just to make sure that she was there for her daughter and to support her daughter. And you could see that that meant so much to Lucy. And um, I like how Henry is just kind of like popping into these things and making sure he's, you know, a part of this as well, because he's very interested in Jacinda um, and helping Lucy as well. And then last but not least, I'm very interested in Rogers and Weaver's, Yes, Rogers and Weaver's relationship going on from here. Um, it was a very interesting episode for them to see, you know, we've always had this tension between those two characters in particular, original Hook and Rumpel, um, more specifically in the past six seasons. And to kind of see that 
echo a little bit in this episode where Rogers decides that he's not going to trust Weaver and he's going to um, not do what he's telling him to do. And um, just to see where this is going to lead from here is going to be very, very interesting. So I'm excited with the way that they're playing with all of the different relationships and how they all relate to each other in different ways. So I think they're doing a really great job with that in this season in particular, and I'm just really excited to see where they all go from here. Nice. I'm going to echo both of your sort of feelings on the trio linking up in Hyperion Heights. I'm really excited and curious to see what they're going to find out and how they're going to take down Victoria Belfry. For those out there that didn't know, I love her last name is Belfry because um, that's kind of like where she hid Cinderella. Yep. Mm. (laughs) Yeah. It's fantastic. I wonder if Victoria is her first name. Kind of like Regina. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's always just Lady Tremaine. It'd be funny if it's Victoria Tremaine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a side thought. Mm, be interesting. Now, uh, let's collect my bookmark from earlier in the podcast. So. Oh, yes. The right. first time that I saw this episode, I was like, okay, so I'm not invested in Wishhook. I don't really care about Wishhook. I'm probably not going to care about him in Hyperion Heights because he's not our hook. Why should I care? And to be quite honest, there was a certain point when I was like, I'm really not going to care about Weaver's storyline either. Especially about halfway through the episode when he was still being kind of dickish and he was reminding me of uh, like season one Mr. Gold. I was like, this is just a rehash and it's going to be boring and I'm not really going to care. But I was sucked into Colin O'Donoghue's performance as Wishhook, a.k.a. Rogers in Hyperion Heights. Like this missing case, the missing girl, and um, seeing him as Hook, but a very different Hook. And I'm kind of here for it. Like, upon seeing it again, I started to like the concept of Wish Hook being the Hook of Hyperion heights and it does give uh, this hook a fresh like clean slate in a sense i mean he still has some of the baggage of um our hook but he has like an entire life that he's lived beyond that and uh i'm intrigued and i'm here for it right now and um i kind of approve even though i was so really not wanting to approve because i was like this is just a cheap way to keep captain hook on because a he's popular b his contract wasn't up because he joined in uh season two and uh c it also allowed emma to have her happy ending with hook so At the end of the day, I was like, I'm here for Rogers, and I'm curious to see how his storyline plays out. So, upon rewatching it, I was convinced. 
Good. And, oh. I know, and as I mentioned earlier, I was also convinced about Weaver. Now, the kindness that I'm giving Weaver right now, it could disappear <laughs> next time if he goes into, like, Mr. Goldish ways. If he stays on this path of, uh, you know, I like you, Rogers, you know, you have uh, good convictions and whatnot, and I need that. If he really is going to be someone that's also going to expose Victoria Belfry, then I'm here for it. If he's just going to be a thorn in the trio's side, then that's going to get boring because, as I mentioned before, it's just going to be a rehash. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. But right now, it's time for the MVP, the most valuable player. Which character impressed you the most and why? The rules are simple. State which character impressed you throughout the episode and why. And if someone has already mentioned the character that you are going to choose, you must select a different one. And uh, because I'm feeling nice... And because this is the last time, allegedly, that she will get the chance to choose this character, and because I know that she's going to choose this character, Katie, you have the floor. Oh my gosh, what if I'm not going to choose this oh, character? Oh, please, Katie, you're more obvious than the back of my hand. You want to know who I'm going to choose? Oh, yes. whoa. I'm choosing Rogers. Really? Yeah. That is utter BS. No, I am choosing Rogers because, and I was always going to choose Rogers this whole time, so don't even with me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I was very impressed with Rogers. I mean, I loved him in the, the first episode, but at that point, I thought it was just a cursed version of the Hook that we've always known and loved. But this version is a completely different version of Hook, and... He has so much more depth to him now. He's looking for this... I mean, he doesn't know it as of now, but he is looking for his daughter. Um, he chooses to do the right thing. He teams up with Ronnie and Henry, and he's just very intriguing to me, and I'm really excited to explore more of his character specifically. But I wish I could have... I wish I could have chosen Emma because it would have been the last time ever, but nope. It goes it goes to Rogers for me for this episode. Okay. That's really interesting. That was a hashtag plot <laughs> twist. I really was not <laughs> yes. expecting that. Yes. I love how you disappointed your girl though. Like Emma's somewhere out there crying. I know. <laughs> I feel so bad. Oh. Uh, oh well. It All is right. what it is. And uh, for those out there that are listening that are curious, that means that Wish Hook is no longer available. Because that is Rogers. So, just an FYI. Yeah. For those out there that are listening that might be keeping score and might be curious. Jenna, you may go next. Okay. Um, you know, uh, it's her last episode and I genuinely, and I genuinely think it was a, it was pretty good. I mean, I wish we had more Emma, of course, but I'm going to say for two days of screen time and for like cumulatively four scenes i think they did an amazing job with emma so not to say that they didn't do a good job with rogers but emma was but emma was great um i think they utilized her really well with the tools that they had they did a really good they did a pretty good job wrapping up captain swan this new relationship with the wish hook 
Henry was the big one because like that was that was the heart of a lot of her character and it was the heart of a lot of her scenes and um as well as it could have been uh, it wrapped it up with Regina granted we only got a head nod but even still it was a very emotional head nod um I think that the ability of her to circulate her ability to believe that the, what she learned from Henry came into fruition here in a really nice way. I loved seeing her so happy talking about her pregnancy. Um, even when she's like help, even when she's trying to cure wish hooks, she's like, she has this smile on her face. She has this energy, this hope to her. Um, I felt the scenes with Henry were so emotional. Like, first when she's realizing that he's growing into a young man and he needs to leave the house. And then his final goodbye with... Her final... I'm sorry, her final goodbye with Henry. The way that she's like, you've got to go on with your own story. You can't... And you can't come home until you have it. It's just... It was just so pleasant and beautiful and... I'm going to miss Emma so much, but this is a pretty good wrap-up for her. So, yeah. I love you, Emma. Okay. Aww. And just to confirm, like, this was always your choice. It wasn't because Katie took Rogers? Uh, actually, well, I was going to... I think I had hooked down as first, so I probably was going to do Rogers. And, and, and Emma and Henry were kind of tied for second and third, <laughs> but I just... I, I, the more I thought about it, the more I really did like Emma. So, more so, I chose Emma. Yay! Okay, that's nice. I'm <laughs> glad somebody picked her. And she's my favorite character also. Um, for those, because I, it's only my second episode, I want to say. At this, until this point, and uh, Emma ha it has been and still is my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine too. Woo! High five! Yay! High five! Clap! Awesome. <laughs> I'm glad somebody picked yeah. her. Because I wasn't going to. So, <laughs> Whatever no shade to Emma, but, you know, I needed someone with a little bit more substance in the episode. Whatever, Jeff. I did. Right. I'm sorry. I'm more of a Regina person. You know this, Katie. I know you are. I know you are. Yeah. She can, don <laughs> she can do no wrong, except when she does. So, I am going to give the MVP to this episode, Henry. Ooh! All my three got chosen. Woo! Yes. Yes. Well, okay. one of my own personal rules is I try not to pick the same character every week, mm -hmm. just because it can get a little repetitive, and, and that kind of thing. And I, and I try to think of like variety. So that's my own personal rule. That's not one of the MVP rules. Um, there are plenty of people on the station that would pick the same character every week if they could, but um, I try to spice it Whatever. up. No, well, I mean, that wasn't a shade at you. That was shade at <laughs> other people on other shows, Katie. Jeff, Katie just... Officer Rogers is the only one with a gun in his pocket because shots are being fired. I know, right? <laughs> and that is a gun in my pocket, if you know what I'm saying. Ooh. Okay. We're I know, right? Pow, pow. The only one getting a booty call. Bam. <laughs> All right. The reason that I'm picking Henry is because I'm really enjoying Andrew J. West as adult Henry. I feel like the Henry aura in him. Like, he has the hope and the belief in uh, the Magical Forest flashbacks. And yet, 
in uh, the um, in the present day in Hyperion Heights. He is downtrodden, but he still kind of has like the hope for the every person in him. He may not have the hope and the belief that these are fairy tale characters per se, and that uh, the woman from his book is a real person, but he does believe in people, and he's trying to give Jacinda her chance with her daughter and to reunite her with her daughter and now he's a part of this crusade to take down belfry so i gotta give props to henry i'm really loving what they're doing with the character and i think it's very tricky to take a character that we've grown to love throughout a certain amount of time and then all of a sudden age them up turn them into an adult and um, have a different actor take on uh, the role. And I read somewhere that Andrew referenced that he watched the episodes, and he in particular like watched Jared Gilmore's scenes as Henry, so that he could pick up some of his mannerisms and his inflection and his tone, so that uh, he could really perfect Henry as an adult and I got to give him props and kudos because I feel like he's doing a really good job portraying that and um, I'm not gonna lie like I'm totally shipping Henry and uh, Jacinda like mm -hmm. they Henry are Ella. I like that they are Ooh, adorable like together there's chemistry <laughs> they heat up the screen together and uh like, when he was like, you know, let me do this for you. You'll never have to see me again. It was for a brief second, but you could see in Jacinda's eyes, like, a little bit of sadness when he said, like, you'll never have to see me again. You know, just let me right the wrong. Because, uh, you know, I feel like whether she would admit it or not at this moment, like, she's starting to catch her feels for Henry. And yes. I'm not going to lie, I loved Sabine with Henry. Like, even though there were two teeny tiny scenes of them together, it was fantastic. So, uh, my MVP is Henry. So now it's time to rate the episode on a scale of 1 to 10 apples. If you found the episode worthy of more than 10, you may grant it the coveted golden apple and uh we will start off with jenna okay um i'm actually going to give it eight apples out of ten it was sweet emotional and dripping with potential and while it's definitely the best possible send-off for both emma and the killian that we've grown to know for the past five seasons that we probably could have gotten given the circumstances it left me wishing for a slightly more epic and i guess more Emma-filled um, send-off to her, and also in some ways to Killian, but I also understand that it's part of a, it's a story in a serialized show, and you have to kind of move the story forward, so I get what we got, and also I think what brought it down, just that twinge was that was the clunky dialogue at times, like the two points that I pointed out, um, the Regina Hook fight in the uh, in the flashback and the um, Hook wanted me to rest. Well, well, 
overall harmless, just kind of made, just kind of, it just kind of hurt it a little bit for me, but that's not, a, that's not at all to diminish all the amazing things that this episode did. All right, Katie, what about you? I was also going to give it an 8 apples out of 10. Um, for all the reasons that Jenna said, it was a very good episode. You know, it required a lot of suspension of disbelief. Um, and it was a little, you know, messy if you really think about it. But uh, at the end of the day, that's the, I think that's the best way they could have done it to give Emma and our original hook the best send-off that they could um, and to make sure that they're both happy. And I'm happy with that. I'm happy with the way things ended. I still, there's still a little part of me that wishes we could have seen even a flash forward or even just a little vignette or something into the future, but maybe we'll leave that for the future. Maybe we will see a little cameo in the future. I'm going to cross my fingers for that and have hope. Um, Yes, exactly. Uh, because the show is about hope, so that's what I'm clinging to. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, otherwise, it you know it was a little bit choppy in the way that they changed scenes. It was kind of fast, but overall, it made me very intrigued for the future. It's a great send-off, and I am just excited to see where the future goes for all of these different relationships that are forming. I like it. Interestingly enough, I'm also giving it eight apples, but I came about my eight Mm. in a different way. To give uh, the listeners a little BTS, I mean, I sort of said it uh, throughout uh, this podcast, but because I moderate the podcast, I do try to watch the episode twice. So the first time that I watched it, I would have given it a seven, to be quite honest. But upon rewatching it and and sort of getting convinced about both the Rogers storyline as well as the Weaver storyline and seeing the hope of something different and something interesting and something intriguing in it, I had to bump it up. Um, I know at the start of uh, the podcast, when I was giving my initial reaction... I did mention that there were certain things that I really liked and certain things that uh, sort of bugged me the first time that I watched it. The things that I really liked are, to be quite honest, all the new characters. I'm in it. I'm here for them. I like them so far. I'm enjoying Adult Henry. I'm liking Regina as Ronnie. And uh, then like the two little hiccups that I had an issue with were... Weaver and Rogers, and I explained it throughout the podcast. So, upon seeing it again, I just got a new appreciation for Wish Hook, and uh, I'm hopeful that Weaver will be different than Gold. So, uh, for all those reasons, and you know, as well as you know, as Jen already mentioned, like the clunky dialogue, the weird. Um, you know, conversation about, oh, why didn't you tell him the truth about Emma and that kind of thing? And, you know, it, it had to drop it down just a little bit. But for the most part, it was a decent episode. Yay. Yep. I like it. Eights all around. So on that note... Right. Yes, I agree. Join us next time for a brand new installment of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror. Once again, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Like us on Facebook, 
facebook.com slash storybrookweeklymirror. Follow us on Tumblr, storybrookweeklymirror.tumblr.com. Follow Poppy Chula Radio on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Twitter, and YouTube, at Poppy Chula Radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Help support Poppy Chula Radio financially by visiting gofundme.com slash poppychularadio. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality or blog contributor? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. You can also download tonight's broadcast and the rest of the series through Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Just search for Storybrooke Weekly Mirror and subscribe. Thanks, announcer. My co-hosts, please wish the listeners a good night. Good night, guys. Have a great evening, listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Download new episodes of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Tuesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. And download our special spoiler edition of Storybrooke Weekly Mirror every Wednesday via Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Poppy Chulo Radio Archives. Good night. (laughs) 